<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, Caviar Dreamers. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Buputo. And every week we are bringing you entrepreneur real stories from leaders, disruptors, change makers, and risk takers. We may not be serious, but we seriously mean business. Caviar Dreamers, we are back in the studio and I'm so excited. We're with Emmy Award winner, superstar, lady gang, podcast hoster, and now creator of Superfan, Kelsey Knight. We are beyond excited to have you here. There is nothing you can't do. I know. I can't wear a green sequined pencil skirt to podcast. That's the only thing. <laughs> you ladies look so incredible. And I was so excited to sit with you. I love where the studio is in like New York City, your whole vibe. And I just think you're icons. And I'm so excited to see you. Oh, my God. Honestly. Thank you so much. Coming from you, that means everything. I mean, and just so you know, we're super fans of you. We're here today because you just created a new show that yes. you're also the host of yep. called Superfan. Yep. Could you just tell everybody about it? Because the premise of it, I am dying because it it's about music. It's about musicians coming on and they meet their super fans. Could you just tell everybody what it's yes. about? Because I'm so excited. Okay, so Superfan is a music spectacular disguised as a game show. And basically, we get the biggest stars in the world. So we have Pitbull, LL Cool J, Shania Twain, Kelsey Ballerini, Gloria Stefan, and more. And they come on and five of their super fans compete in their super fanness. And they compete for this custom curated prize package from the artist. So the winner of like the Gloria episode receives, you know, a couple nights at her hotel in Miami. And then on Saturday night, she's going to pick you up and drive you to her house on Star Island. And she's going to oh. cook you dinner in her house with Emilio. Oh, like my. the prizes are crazy. So the fans go through multiple rounds of trivia and game and they have to know the music and they have to know all the different parts of the stars. They have to do a big you know, lip sync performance. Our star does a huge Grammy like performance. America votes on Twitter which thanks so much, Elon. Cool, cool. Twitter doesn't exist anymore. Oh my but God. We're still using Crazy. Twitter. Twitter is Twitter until September 16th when this show ends and then I will call it X. But we're voting on Twitter and America really votes for this number one super fan. Okay, that idea is so unbelievable. And I know you said it was quite a few years in the making. I have been dreaming of literally this day. I was just emotional in the cab coming over for probably over 10 years. I, you know, I grew up, I was a, a ballerina when I grew up. I was a, a dancer. I had lived in New York for over a decade, trying to be on Broadway unsuccessfully. I cannot sing a lick. I was a Radio City Rockette for a couple years. And I, I was a great dancer and I transitioned to, to doing TV. And because I had worked with artists like Beyonce and Taylor Swift and different things like this, I had this sort of inside lane into the music business. And so when I started doing television hosting, music was where I went first. I was a music host at Fuse. I had a music show on, on CBS. And so around 2013, I registered the idea for this show. It was called Something Different. And then I just got really busy with my career and my life, met my husband. And so you know, finally in 2018, 2019, we really started working on it. And it took about five years in development with the network to get to this day, to get to the world having it. So it, and let me just tell you, 
there were so many hikes around my, I live in Los Angeles, crying hikes, oh. 4 p.m. You live the whole day. You're like, you get up, you're like, today's going to be okay, Kelty. You're going to keep it together. No, no, no. You don't need the Xanax at 9 a.m. <laughs> you're going to be fine. You're going to be able to do this. And then by 4 p.m., I was crying, hiking up this little hike by my house, being like, it's just never going to happen for me. I'm just not meant to be successful in this way. And so to be here is a real dream. Oh, congratulations. I, I am so thrilled for you. And I'm thrilled for us that we get to watch it. But it was just like, were people saying no? Were people just like, it's not a good idea. You can't accomplish it. What, like, what were the, what were the roadblocks? The roadblocks are, and I think you guys can really relate to this, is that I am a woman. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. 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 We num- have had the that. The number one yeah. roadblock is that I am a woman, and in general, people do not believe that I could be someone who wears a polka dot onesie and looks this freaking good. <laughs> That's right. And yes. also be smart. And that is the number one roadblock. It's that, you know, it's crazy that it is that way. But I have a partner in my production company. Her name's Jody Roth. And she was a longtime executive at CBS. And we partnered on this. And so two women was like, double that. Yeah. Oh, double. You know? And so we went out and, and, and pitched this show. And I think everyone realized right away what a great idea it was, that it hadn't existed in the world before. But it was like, we're going to give how many millions of dollars to these girls that have come from other places? You know, it's just, it's very stressful. It's very scary. And then I think the other roadblock, and, and I'm wondering if you guys have dealt with this, is that there's this thing of like, when a woman says no, everyone thinks that that's like a negotiable no, like a... Like when when they would be like, well, you can't have a white floor like I was really big on what the stage looked like because I was like, no, 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 it can't be cheesy. It has to be so chic. It has to look gorgeous. And I want these stars to feel like they're walking out of the Academy Awards or they're walking out the Grammys. And so they would show us these like drawings. And I was like, this looks like let's make a deal. And that's not going to work, you know. So they're like, you can't have a white floor. Like, it's not going to work. It's not going to light properly. It's not going to. I was like, no, no, no. We need a white floor. I want it to look like a Hamptons house. I, yeah, I yeah, get you know it. what I mean? Got to have a white floor. And they're like, no, no, no. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's so cute. You think that this no is negotiable. The no is the no. Like, I'm the no is no, no, no. We're having a white floor. So eventually people started to realize, like, when when, when we said we don't like this, it actually meant we don't like this. Go find a different solution instead of we don't like this, you're going to try to change my mind to why I should like the thing that I don't like. Yeah, I think that is very common and so frustrating because it wastes so much time. So much time! It it wastes endless amount of times. And I think women, yeah, if a man says no, it's no. And then someone, you know, scampers around and tries to find something. I think that happens to us all the time, including like renovating my own house. Oh, all the time. And I know you're doing a huge renovation, which we'll get to after a restoration. But isn't that crazy? No. Yeah. And I think that's very, very upsetting and frustrating. And I think like, I would assume that that's something on reality TV that like your, your end line is a little bit of a negotiation, right? It's like, we want you to do this. And you're like, I'm not going to do that. And then you'll do a little more. And then you'll, you know, like. Yeah, I think certain things in life in general, I think as women, there was things I would cave to more. Yes. As I got older, now I'm just like, no. And then, you know, we're assumed we're difficult. We're bitchy. Why do they think they know better or where our background comes from or whatever it is? And, and I want to focus on the show. But there was there was one thing because we did do a lot of reading and research about you, just little details. And that when you transitioned from your career in different areas, you know, you were a sparkly girl, you wore, you know, and all of these things. And when you went on TV, they wanted you to change your look a little. Yes. This entire week here in New York City doing press for Superfan is really my giant middle finger to old me. And it was right for the moment, but basically... I came from being a showgirl. And then when I got on TV, it was like I had too much hair. I had too much sparkle. I wanted to do like, well, it's Valentine's Day. So like I should be reading the news with a red lip. 
Like it just feels. Yes, like, it feels yes. right. Why wouldn't you it do a red fashion, lip? Who wouldn't you know? want a red lip on or, Valentine's right. Day? Or like I, you know, I want when I went to a red carpet, I wanted to be like fully dressed and trying to dress as well as the stars. Or like, you know, I, of course, we love a barrette. We love a look. And it was like, no, no. And there's a reason why every single woman reading the news is dressed like a skittle with the same haircut because yeah. that is what is like available as a news person. And it's very rare that like you see anyone that has like crazy good style reading the news. Like think, can you name anyone? I mean, maybe later on in their careers when they have their own show, but it's like, you know, it's just not, not really, it's looked down upon. And so it was like, you need to blend. You need to be everyday woman. It was like a very huge travesty that I didn't have children. People, oh, I was God. getting told like, you'll never be the main host of this show because people cannot relate to you because you don't have children. What? what? Mentally, what? That is, that's disgusting. Mentally, like, what was that doing to you? Were you like, oh my God. Was it like, were you like, all right, I'm going to cave for a little while just to get my foot in the door to do this. And then I'll jump out and be the real me. You know what I mean? I'll trick them temporarily just I, to do it. I think it was a little bit about morphing into the space that was available. And then when I could making those moments and then, you know, getting to a place where I'm at with you know, now with Lady Gang podcast, like we, you know, I can't take credit for it, but Jack and Becca, my partners, like Jack, when we made the logo for Lady Gang, she was like, Lady Gang will never have soft edges on any of our fonts, on our website, on our Lady Gang, any materials we make will be hard, bitchy edges because we're strong, powerful women. There's no curls in our brand. And it was like this very intense, like, thoughtful moment. And I've learned a lot from putting Lady Gang together that that I took into now Superfan. And it was really fun on Superfan because I was like, well, I'm the creator, which is great. And obviously I still have a boss and our bosses at CBS have been amazing, but I'm the creator, a co-creator and co-executive producer. So when it came time to be like, what this, what's the second to look like? And what's Kelty going to wear when she's hosting it? I would put up the outfits, take a picture, send it to my co-creator, Jody, and be like, are the creators and executive producers approving this head to toe like <laughs> latex dress? And she would be like, it's approved. And I'd be like, approved. And so, yeah, so I just approved all my wackadoodle outfits for myself. And there was no one to say I couldn't wear it. Now, I have a great fashion story about the show that I would love to share yes, with you. Okay. I want to know because so, I love a fashion story. Okay, so for the Pipple episode of Superfan, I'm wearing a head to toe latex Alex Perry dress that is a maroon color. It's long sleeves. It's turtleneck. It's a ve- it's like very Kardashian five years ago and whatever. Long, long, long. And then it stops just below the calf and there's a matching set of pointy toe latex boots. Yes. So it's yes. like head to toe. It's an amazing piece, an amazing, amazing piece. And I just thought Miami, Pitbull, like this is perfect. It looks great on me. You see, there's no body to be seen because you're completely covered up, but it is a sexy yeah, silhouette. Very and so I filmed the show. And I'm like, great. I felt great. All these months later, they send shows to focus groups, you know, to see if people like the show and whatever. And the focus groups came back and they were like, what is this dress? What is this girl wearing? I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> they kind of like, listen, that everyone was being really nice. And they're like, well, yeah, they love the show. And they they liked you. They just like thought you looked uncomfortable. And I was like, I was uncomfortable. That was head to toe Alex Perry latex. It's not a sweatsuit. And I was like, okay, okay. And then my partner Jody had said to someone, she and she said something like, if you think Kelty is going to take fashion advice, from, I don't know, she probably said something nasty, which I won't repeat, but you got another thing coming. Like she's going to do I, her fashion. I'm with you. Yes. But I'm with you. So two months later, I'm in the airport at LAX and the dress has become a little bit of a thing, like a big thing. And I'm walking past the store and who do I see wearing the exact outfit? I know exactly where she, showroom she got it from, head to toe, vinyl, Alex Perry with the boots is Kristen Bell on the cover of Real Simple magazine. And I was like, okay, America, if Kristen, America's sweetheart Bell can wear this outfit on a magazine about organizing your house, I think. I don't even know what is in Real Simple magazine. I know it's not 
Playboy. Like, no, you know, no, it's not Vogue. Right. No. I'm like, if she can wear this to the middle America people that are trying to make Halloween cookies from scratch, I'm fine. And I literally sent it to everyone. I was like, see, I'm not crazy. And so sometimes you just have to stick to your guns. No, I agree. Stick to your guns. I know when it goes to a focus group, you're like, these people are commenting on my life, you know, and you feel like your your life is in the hands of these people. Yeah. One of their comments was like, I mean, I'll probably get in trouble for this, whatever. This is, ooh, yay, us. Yay, 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 yay. Something so fresh and new. Um, No, one of their comments was like, it seems like she's trying so hard. And I talked about this on my Instagram. And and I'm like, yeah, I was. Like 100%. I put my life into this This show. It's been 10 years in the making. Yeah, 10 years in the making. Give me the crown. The next time a major number one network in America gives you millions of dollars to make a show, you should try to just try a little. Like, yeah, see how yes. you feel just kind of doing the least. Like, no, of course I'm doing the most at all times. And that's who I am as a person. My publicist yesterday, as like a little surprise to my hotel room, sent me cookies. And instead, you know, because like, congratulations, cookies. And people normally send flowers or like their hearts or stars. Mine are just crowns that say anxiety queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but listen. Like, it's on brand. It's on yes. brand. And she put the effort in. I'm she told. Knows, she knows you. I'm that's exhausted. The, that's how do you handle everything? Because you have so many projects and it is hard to give everything full focus and attention. Yeah. Do you ever feel like, fuck, I let a ball drop here and like, eat. yeah, because we do a lot. Yeah. What do we do? Do we just cry? Do we move on? Like, I, I mean, I feel like I'm constantly disappointing someone. Oh, that's and, us. That's the way I feel. Yeah. That is hard. That's a horrible feeling. Hey, I, tell me. Yeah. I feel like I'm constantly disappointing someone. And unfortunately for me in this season of my life and in the last few years, seasons of my life, it tends to be family and friends. Like my That can make me cry. Real I, I feel like I'm very emotional. That's yeah. exactly the way I feel. And it's really, really hard because my dad gave me the best advice ever. And he said, baby girl, you can have it all, but you can't have it all at the same time. That's so I you say, say that that's all what the I time. say that all the time. Really? That's and a it, very yeah. I I'm probably the age of your father. No, <laughs> just saying, no, no, no. <laughs> no, but it's it's that's so true. You can have it all, but not all at the same time. Yeah. And so for me, it's like I know I haven't been the best aunt this year to to my nieces and nephews. And it's like, well, they remember, well, they're six and seven and 12 and like, but I should be taking them to the Barbie movie. And I'm not like, cause I worked, you know, and I haven't seen them. And to my friends, it's like, I have best friends from childhood that are like my people that are like, hey, I would love to catch up before you get really busy again. And like, I just, there's, there's only so much I have. And then to be honest with you, when I do have free time, I kind of just need to stare at the wall. Like I just need to like make a cup of tea and stare at the wall. It's it's not that I don't have an hour in the day for myself. I may have that time, but like you need to recharge, you know? I, I, I just get to the point where I'm like, I just can't talk anymore. And so I do feel like I'm failing people at all times. And I think the secret to getting through those times is just being really open and honest and communicating that with people. Like this week, I'm here in New York. I'm very busy with Superfan. And I've been talking to my bosses at E! News. And I'm like, hey, I'm planning on taking the super, super early flight tomorrow so that I can host E! News tomorrow night. Do you still need me? What's going on? Like I'm feeling, and I said to him, I'm feeling so guilty that I'm not there for you this week. And he was, you know, and just letting people know that like, I can't change it, but like I am feeling poorly that I'm not showing up 100% for you this week. I want to be doing that in the future, I guess. I don't know. What do you guys do? No, I feel like, first of all, I just want to say, I feel like you're such an amazing example. Lady Gang was the same. Like, it opened up conversations for women. Women feel so guilty. Like, we juggle balls in the air. We cry silently in corners. We fuck everything up and act like nothing went wrong because we're always worried that we were given a seat at the table and it could be taken away at any minute. So I love that you're honest and open and talk about those open lines of communication because that changes everything. It really does. I think, you know, I'll cry for sometimes for a little while. I do feel like, you know, I disappoint people and I feel it is my family a lot and my personal friends and I try and make efforts to do them. It's a funny feeling. I have been making a more pointed effort 
this year, especially to take the time out to be with my friends. Like, you know, I'm taking time off of filming a little. I said, hey, it's my girlfriend's big birthday. I'm going with all my girlfriends to Charleston. I I, I have to. I, I can't it. I can't miss that moment no matter what, because I'm we're never getting it back. It's a very special mm-hmm. birthday for her. But it is painful. And, and the sad thing is, you know, my my family does understand. They're like, oh, you know, Lexi and I start another business. We start a beverage business. We're putting so much into it. But something has to give. You know, we're we're exhausted. And I'll I'd love to do Uber Eats Dairy Queen and I eat the, you know, <laughs> supersized blizzard on my sofa, unshowered on a Sunday. Yeah. And do and do nothing else. Yes. And and that's what I'll do to unwind because I I don't want to talk. I don't want to do anything. You know, you know, my husband understands it. He's so understanding. Yeah. But you know. I think we're we're both exhausted and I, I think you can't do anything else but just to recharge, just sit there in your own thoughts. Yeah. And that's where the creativity comes. Yes. That I always say, like, if I'm sitting at the computer making decks and writing lists and writing emails, then there's no space for the really great ideas to come and the really great, like, oh, I just thought of the tagline for our, our booze brand or whatever, or, or, oh, I got this idea that we should do this kind of pop-up thing. Like that comes from open space and open space in your mind. And so you, you have to have that. And I think what makes it such a challenge for us is that when you are in the business of, of show business and you're selling yourself, there's the whole social media element. And so people, you know, are seeing you get up and get dressed and have a cute outfit and you're posting this thing and, oh my God, I'm so excited to go on this run with this SponCon thing, or I'm on this trip or I'm on this. And you have to post those things and you have to, because if people don't realize that like for me as a host, it's not just about being, you know, a great host and being able to read a teleprompter and make the news or winning Emmys, like every single brand network boss that you have in entertainment business is looking at your Instagram, is looking at your Twitter, is looking at your TikTok to see how many followers you have. It is the third arm of Hollywood now. And so if you don't keep that up, that's another full-time job. You have to be relevant on social. And so I have to be there every day doing something, showing something. I don't have, I'm not Michelle Williams, not an Oscar-winning actress who can just hide and never go on social media. You have to be a social media personality at the same time. And so I can imagine that's really hurtful for like my family or my best friends when they're like, oh, it's, but she has time to be like, posting with the dog at her house and she'd rather do that than call me. That's simply not the case, but that's part of my work. I you think know? people don't understand that social media, when you're a public person yeah. and you're in show business is part of your job. Yeah. They, they act like that's, that's fun. That's cool. That's a, no, that is a job and it is draining. Yes. I, I find that the well, I, I find that the hardest part of my job. Oh, I think it's the biggest anxiety driver in history. And I think we all are placed in situations that everyone it's their dream career, like to interview Oprah, mm-hmm. to sit down with is, Adele, to like sit, you know, it, to it be on great. a reality show. But it's actually hard. Like when you're away doing events all week in New York to promote a new show, it's exhausting. They're getting up, they're running around. So people don't always see just what goes into it and the sacrifices that are made. Yeah. I always say like two things can be true at the same time. Yes. This is the best week of my life and I'm so excited and I'm so thankful and I'm so proud of myself for getting here. This is also a really stressful, really overwhelming. Like I'm already feeling guilty because I woke up this morning to like just so many beautiful text messages from my people being like, Kelty, it's your day. I'm so excited for you. Oh my God, oh my God. But like, I don't have time to respond right oh now. Like, my God. you know, and so it's like two things yes. can be true at the same time. Like I, I'm so happy. This is amazing. Great. There's an element of this that is like very overwhelming and very stressful. And like, I can't wait until it's over and I'm in my bed reading my book with like my uh, hot microwaved lavender bag on my chest, just like emotional support warmth in my little stomach just made I me feel like so, so seen right now it is I do so I feel like scene. you see us and I feel like I see you I feel oh, the exact yes. I feel oh, I love yes. it I feel the exact same way it's just like any holiday which is so sweet I'm one of those people who give my phone number to everybody I don't know if you are which is like a little rough on me yes. which I probably should not do I mean I meet someone on the street I'm Margaret I love you. I love you on the show. You know, I have an idea. Oh, here's my number. Text yeah. me. I'll help you. Bah, bah, bah. Or text Lexi. Or text Lexi. <laughs> I give Lexi's number out also. So come Mother's Day, Christmas, whatever it is. 
same thing, a thousand messages or something good happens. I'm like, shit. And then I have to answer everybody. Yeah. And I'm so grateful. Everybody loves me yeah. or, you know, feels the love. But I'm just like the stress of not answering the same thing. You feel guilty. You feel horrible. It's um, the emotional drain that you can't take care of everybody else. Yeah. It is this is literally why I hate my birthday. Elena knows. I fucking yes. hate my birthday. Uh, yes. Please do not do the thing. On, like, I mean, for my 40th, I loved it. And I was like, I really needed it. And it was like beautiful love. But like, I hate my birthday because my birthday is like the busiest work day of the year. It's not fun. It's not relaxing because, I, I love but it. then, Same but thing. then you're like, wait, but everyone loves me. What if, what an asshole I, I am. I know. I know. That's God. exactly. I know. Try oh, wow. having a birthday on Christmas fucking day. Lexi's That's birthday. my birthday. So no. everyone is riding every two seconds. And baby then you're Jesus? also trying to be with your family. I know, I, baby I know. Jesus. I'm like the Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> tell, I just want to go back. Sorry. So with I, I just want to talk about Superfan one more, a little more. Yeah. So with the, with the show, like yeah. when, when you picked, you know, the musicians, I know you, you love music so much. Your husband's, you know, in the yeah, music, music industry. Business, yeah. Like, how did you pick the first musicians that you worked with? Well, I I picked Beyonce and I think we sent her an email and it was like a pretty much automatic no. I know, And you uh, danced for her. I, you, you I did dance for dancer. her. Yeah, yeah. Not in like a big way. Like, like I wasn't on tour with her or anything. I did like some promo gigs with her. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Beyonce was, I don't even know if she responded. We just moved on. And we knew she would say no, but... It's really difficult for a first season of any show to get better and better as they go because people, you know, they already know what they're getting, right? It's like yes. nobody wants to be on the first season of Mass Singer. But like now that it's a hit, everyone's agents calling being like, could we be on that? You know, so it was really difficult. But we had a, a very clear list and sort of a clear running of the kind of people we wanted on. We wanted artists that had large catalogs of music. So we didn't want like a Doja Cat or someone who's you know, on their first or second, yes. like iconic, like sure in the future. But like we wanted people that had multiple albums full of songs that had had decades, you know, just a large catalog of music and and trivia to play with. Like you can't just have one tour like it no, needed to no. be. You can't you can't have the one hit wonders. Right. It needed to be really, really difficult and big. So and then we kind of were like we split everyone into categories because we know America all likes different kinds of music. So we wanted to cover R&B and country and pop and uh, the Latina movement. And so we really like kind of went to those def different pots and we're like, who would be the best person for this? And then it goes down to timing. It was a lot of like who's on tour right now, who's promoting stuff. And then honestly, I just started we just started emailing and calling um, our favorites. And I was really lucky. Again, my partner, Jody had worked at CBS and had worked on the Grammys for 20 years. Our executive at CBS, Jack Sussman has worked on the Grammys for 20 years. So he would pick up the phone and be like, let me call Ella Cool J and see if he's interested, like as just a first interest. And then we had an amazing booker. Her name's Suzanne Bender, who books a ton of television shows. And so she was able to like call people and really get in the nitty gritty of what would the expectations were, how long you had to be there, what the performance would look like. I will say that every single star when they got on set that day, they were blown away. You know, celebrities get asked to do stuff all the time. Yes, you know, yeah. they're like, show up at this thing. You got to promote this album. They show up. But like the moment on this show when Shania Twain is standing there where that couch is and she has five super fans from across the country that have just gotten pulled. They get pulled out of the, the crowd. And we had more super fans than we pulled out ready to go. We mic'd like 15 people. So everyone's in the audience, not everyone, but like a large group of people are miked, ready to go, think they could be picked. And so when we picked those five super fans, nobody had any idea who was going to be picked. And so their reaction wow. is so real. They're shaking. They're oh. freaking out. They haven't oh. had weeks at home knowing like I'm going to go in front of Shania Twain. Like it wasn't until that moment they knew they were getting picked. And you're, and the first thing you have to do is for 20 seconds, look in Shania's eyes and tell her why she, you're the biggest super fan. Oh, that, this is oh. going to be so emotional. I and can't so, wait to touch it. I'm going to be crying. Are we yeah. going to be crying? Yes. And Shania's crying. And I mean, it goes from everything to, you know, Raphael, one of our kids, he, I call them the kids because I just love them so much, but they're not kids. They're, some of them are adults. And Raphael is like, I grew up in Brazil. I spoke no English. 
I learned how to speak English listening to your records. And everywhere I'd go, I would say, let's go, girls. And men, <laughs> and men, I feel like a woman. And he's like, I had no idea what it meant. And he's like, and now I'm a professor in the United States. Oh, that, now I'm oh. going to start coming here. This is amazing. And oh. I told my students, and his, his submission video was all of the students at his school explaining how he uses Shania Twain to like teach. And it was amazing. No, oh. that's not even anything. Then we get to Sarah. Sarah is standing there in this red tank top, absolutely gorgeous blonde girl. We would love her. And she's like- I gotta like, do the voting. I know. And she's like, hey, Shania, I used to listen to you with my parents growing up and I always loved you. And then I went to college and I reconnected with your music because Shania took time off, you know? And I could finally see you in concert because Shania had a lot of vocal issues. So she wasn't on tour for 10 years. I saw you in concert. Three weeks later- I was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer <gasps> at 24. And she was like, I took it as a sign. I listened to you every day during my treatment. And I'm happy to say I'm cancer free. She turns around a huge Let's Go Girls tattoo oh. on her back. Oh, Like just moments. And some of these stories we didn't even know until they got on the stage, like they were saving them. So, it, I mean, there's so many. It And some of them are really funny. Like, I remember this one guy, Powell, for the Kelsey Ballerini show was just like, you make me feel like a blonde Vegas country queen. And he's just like this wonderful, like, you know, brown haired gay man. You know? oh. like, it just, is, it's really special. You know, I think our country needs this show right now. It does. That's what this country needs because it makes people see the good in everybody. Yes. It is. Because so we suck right now. We and suck. I think suck. we need we suck. people to feel good and see that there's good in the world. And I also think it's, thank you for saying that, first of all, because I absolutely right? could that not agree more. like emotional yes. because it it's really true. Does. We need to feel we need good. a human connection. Yes. We get lumped into the this and them, this side of politics, this side of something, this side of this, this issue, this kind of woman, this kind of mm -hmm. man, like it's all everyone's fighting. And we forget that the people that we are fighting against or the people we don't know are, and don't understand are just humans with their own human story. And I think that watching these competitors do this, you learn like, you know, that everyone has a story. Everyone's story is important. And and you might not be the most talented person. Maybe you're not going to compete on The Voice. Maybe you're not going to win Jeopardy. But like you just love to be a fan. You love to get ready for the Eras tour and make your sparkly costume and post on your Facebook. And like that's enough. That's You don't have to have this big, fabulous life to be important to the world. And that is what this show makes me feel like. And I've been, you know, in my career, community has been so important to me. And with the Lady Gang podcast, we've created this beautiful community of women that help each other all over the world get through pregnancy, through divorce, through grief, through, you know, bad hairdos, through box box hair dye at home, like, and, and it didn't go well. And what are we going <laughs> to do now? And a bad Ooh. spray tan. Like, Ooh. we've helped, we've, we've created this community. And with the show, I was like, I don't know if there's a community to be made. The Pitbull fans, even the ones that didn't get fit picked out of the audience, those 15, they have now been traveling around the country as friends going to all the Pitbull shows together. So it's like new friends. I don't know. It's just a really, really special, special, special show. I also love that he's celebrating super fans because I feel like, you know, super fans can get a bad rap sometimes also. Yeah, the stands. Right? Yeah, stands. Like it's like these diehard stands. And the fact is like, you would have no career without the fans that supported you. So it's true. seeing them face to face must have been incredibly emotional. Yeah. And you guys know. So like you're walking down the street or you're going through, you know, the airport or whatever. And like there's a couple different kinds of fans. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. there's like the fans that come up and they're like, oh, my God, I like I just love you. And I think you're rad. And they walk away or, oh, my God, I love you so much. Can I take a picture with you? And you say, I'm so ugly right now. No. Or yes, but let's turn in the good light or, you know, come to my meet and greets, $24.99, whatever you're doing. <laughs> like, and then there's the fans that like come up and like they it's there's there's a little bit of a disconnect of like personal space and what they should say to you. And we, we all know. And every star, it's a major concern, right? Because these stars like there's a safety element involved that we really had to be aware of. And so it's really important for us to create the show to be a really happy, wonderful, good place where everyone felt safe, 
felt like they could run up and hug their fans. They knew the fans were the right fans for the show. And there was a lot of behind the scenes thought that went into that. And I do think like fans can get a bad rap for being so much or fighting with other fan bases and stuff. This show is all love. And I agree that's 100% with what you said. I wanted this show to air in February after the Grammys. That was my dream that we would get a date right in February. And I know the universe pushed it until now in the summer because I feel like We've had this summer, we've spent time with our families, the kids are back to school, and now people are like, I wanna hold on to what that feels like. I wanna hold on to what going camping with my family or sitting around the campfire at the lake or having a long weekend feels like because you feel so good in your soul. And so it's like, let's hold on to like summer for a little longer with the goodness of this show. Does that make sense? Yes, it, it absolutely makes sense. And after being in the beehive last week, well, yeah, it was oh. last week. Yeah, Lexi went, life changed. She's changed. Life changing. We were there the same night as Oprah. We were ninth row. The community, the creativity, the love, the positivity, the spirit, she's incredible. She's like current, but nostalgic. It was amazing. I feel like I want to be back there and I'm so excited to watch Superfan because I feel like that could take you back there. And because you're voting. And so like you may uh, not be the I'm a big, voter. Yeah. Oh, just she's so you know, a big I'm a big voter. voter. Ooh, I was a voter, voter on American Idol. I'm going to vote. Yeah. I mean, this and, I'm totally voting. Well, you may not be the biggest LL Cool J fan, right? Like if you're watching our premiere and you're like, I'm not the biggest LL Cool J fan, I guarantee by the end you will have fallen in love with LL Cool J or you've fallen in love with TJ from Davie, Florida, who comes from absolutely nothing and has worked so hard and is currently teaching kids at a day camp to save up for law school. Like his story, so like you will fall in love with the contestants if you're not a fan of the star. If you're a fan of the star, bonus for you. You know, if you don't like Shania Twain, get out of the country because I don't even want you to even be a part of my <laughs> no, life. No, I love but, Shania you Twain. You know, it's like you don't <sighs> have to love the artist and you'll learn something. I watched the LL Cool J original like cut and network cut with my dad, who's like 75 years old and doesn't know anything about LL Cool J. And by the end, he's screaming at the TV being like, wow, ah! like, you know, <laughs> he's playing along and he's like, well, no, she can't win. No, no, no. Like it's so That's, it was just everything. I feel like we just did. Uh, yesterday we were on CBS this morning. And since you were at, with Oprah and Gail at Beyonce, yes. when Gail, I feel like Oprah and Gail are like one. When Gail turned to me and she was like, it's produced so well. Good job. Good job. I was like, we, I've been blessed. I know. I know. You got, I, that's unbelievable. Oh, crazy. I'm that's so, amazing. well, that is so great. I want to just ask you a few questions about your, your childhood. Okay. Because your parents must be unbelievable. To the fact is because, mm -hmm. you know, where do you get your, your, your confidence? Like as a little girl, you were a dancer <laughs> and everything else. I just want to know a little bit, you know? Okay. So it's a, it's a happy, dark story. My parents are incredible. They're still married. My mom was a school teacher. My dad was a small business owner. He owned the mechanic shop in our town. He did a lot of electronics. So like when people needed stereos in their cars and they're both fantastic. I have been super confident and not so bananas since I was out of the womb. And the thing is, is that my parents never... So I was never the best. I never won the gold. You know, like kids go to dance competitions yes. and stuff. Mm -hmm. I've never won. I was never the best. I was in the back row of everything, but I loved dancing. So I kept going. And my parents never let me know that I wasn't the best and that I wasn't the prettiest and that there was anything wrong with me. For instance, I was in speech therapy till I was in grade four. And I was under the impression, and this recently, recently, did you know the story? This recently came to light, like in the past two years. I was in speech therapy till I was in fourth grade. And I thought, and it was me and this girl named Miranda who was deaf. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I was going with them, Miranda because they didn't want Miranda to feel bad about herself. Aww. So that they, That's were, so sweet. They, were taking a they were taking a friend with her because <sighs> my parents never told me there was anything wrong with me. So I just thought, oh, I'm just going so Miranda doesn't feel like a loser, but like oh. I could not speak properly. So I was, oh. I needed to be in the speech classes, which yes. is hilarious. And then like, I remember. That's sweet. That's, 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 that's so, so sweet. So like they never. And, and what, they just revealed this to you recently? Yes, my mom, this is not, I don't know if this is sponsored your podcast, they should be. There's this book called Storyworth, this brand. 
where it's a gift you give to someone. And every week for a year, they send an email and they prompt them to tell you a story. Like, when were you most proud of me? When? What's your biggest fear? What did you think of when I was born? What do you hope I remember about you or whatever? Like, and you can give it to grandparents or parents. I gave it to my mom and she wrote her like a central memoir. And so this was a story that she had written and she'd be like, I never told you because I didn't want you to go into the world thinking there was anything wrong with you. Oh, oh my God, what I amazing parents. That. Isn't that, that insane? Amazing. But then get this. So I always thought that I was a smoke show growing That's up. Perfect. That's perfect. That's what your kids should think. They should. I, that's exactly what your kids should think. That's and, what you have to. That's the way you have to raise children. And I look back on these pictures, and I remember, like, as a twenty-something, I turned to my mom, and I was like, "Mom, why didn't you ever tell me?" that I had the biggest forehead on uh, the planet. Hello, and I, I have a five head. Yeah, me too. I have a, a five finger head. And I was like, mom, like you never told, because I didn't real until I was doing news on television and the trolls came out being like, you look like a horse. What's oh, with your forehead? Like You're all this stunned. shit. I was like, mom, like you never told me. And she's like, well, I just didn't think that you needed to know that information. So she wasn't <laughs> denying it. She doesn't deny She's not denying it, but she's like, I just didn't think you needed to know that information. And so I just grew up with this like warped sense of confidence. And then, and then they never stopped me. So when I, in, in uh, 12th grade, I started, I was working as a waitress at the like little, you know, place in our town. And I would fly myself to Toronto, Canada from Edmonton to do auditions. So I auditioned for a Disney cruise line. I auditioned to be a princess at Disney Tokyo. I auditioned for another cruise line and halfway through high school, I got the job. So I came home. I had already, I was a perfectionist, as you can imagine, already had enough credits to graduate high school. I came home. I was like, guys, I'm taking a job on a cruise ship. It's March. And they're like, great. When do you leave? And I came home from that cruise ship contract a year and a half later. Guys, I've saved up $5,000. I've bought myself a Greyhound ticket and I'm moving to New York City. And they were like, great. When can we drop you off? Like there was never like, but Kelty, life's hard. But Kelty, I don't know. Like there was nothing. There was no peace. Yeah, no discouragement ever. Just encouraging. There was no real world. They yes. never real world me like the real world's hard. You're going to need to get a real job. Dancing's not a real. What are you going to do with your life? It was like, go. It was just like, OK. My mom describes me as a tornado and like they just they couldn't even hang on to me. They were just like, OK, well, see you when I see you. I love that. I think you bring your kids up to fly and then you pick up the pieces and push them out the nest again. Like and, that's the way it should be. Yes. And they've been there to pick up the pieces many times. And I think the most important thing is that now that I have success. And it's a weird dynamic, right? When your kid grows up and then all of a sudden I'm like, come to LA, stay in my house. Here's my pool. Like they can't, I live in the Hills and they're like, and they're still in their mechanic, you know, small business owner, teacher house yes, in Short yes. Park. And I'm like, you know, but it's a, it's a really beautiful thing. And I think it took them a minute to be like, oh, like, but they just treat me normal. My dad's like, there's spider webs in the corner of your house. Where's your broom? I got to yes. get these spider webs, <laughs> you know, and actually the, and I'll just end, sorry, I know I'm blabbing, but no, like, I love the it. Proudest, I, I mesmerized. The mesmerized. proudest moment of my career is not the Emmy awards or being on TV or even really getting super fan on the air. The proudest moment of my entire career is that this February, I sent my parents to their dream trip in Tahiti for two weeks in an overwater bungalow, like Bora Bora style, round trip first class. And they have been talking about this trip since I was a kid. My mom had been like, I just want to go to overwater bungalow. I just want to go to an overwater bungalow because it's just like so far away for like from where we are and who we are. And I sent them on this trip and they had the trip of, the, of a lifetime. And uh, it was just like, yeah. How many times could we cry today? It's no. not right. It's not right. That's so oh, yeah. sweet. And the other thing that Beautiful. like I haven't, I'll just add, sorry, now that we're having our tears, is that I did the pre and post production of this show while taking care of my brother who was in the psych ward in Edmonton. So I, I think there's also an element. I have a brother who's mentally ill. And so there wasn't a lot of time energy for me as a child. And he got progressively worse as time went on. And so it was really hard because my dream was coming true for Superfan. And I remember we were taping in April and in March, I had to fly up to Canada and call 911 and, you know, all of this stuff. And then I went and we filmed Superfan for eight days and then I immediately went up to Canada. And so I really didn't get to enjoy 
the post-production of the show, which is like when you're in the edit bay with everyone and you're watching the film and you're deciding what the graphics are going to look like. I did that all from my computer on Zoom from my brother's kitchen table at his house. And I would get up in the morning and I'd work from seven till two to the Denny's and I would get a bacon egg sandwich for my brother and I would sign myself in as his plus one at the Misericordia Hospital and I would go sit in the psych ward with him from four until nine every day for three months. And I only say that because it's like, right now everyone's like, oh my God, you crushed it. And like, you make it look so easy and like, oh, it's so easy for you. And you're just like, you're so blessed. And I, I don't consider myself hashtag blessed. I work through the hard stuff. Yes. You, you're amazing. And, and that you're, is really and hard stuff. That is, that really, is hard really hard stuff. stuff. And, yeah. and you're strong. And you're human, and you touch my soul. Oh, I don't want to cry. Oh, I God. want to be happy. No, yes. and it is happy, this is a, and this is such a feel day. good story. But I want everybody listening to see what it what it takes to be successful, and that everyone's human, and that you're bringing such good things into the world, and how you raise your kids right, and how you're just you love your family, and you're doing so many good things, yeah. and that how wonderful you are. Thank you. You oh, know, I don't have guilt about not yeah. being there for people because you were really there for your brother. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I call myself like a great crisis friend. So like, I'm not great at like, I'll probably forget your birthday or same. like, you'll tell me a story about something that happened at the market. And like, you'll be like, I told you that already. And I have no idea. It will go right over me. But like when your parents are in the hospital or when my brother, I was in New York I was filming Superfan and I remember being out at the cast dinner celebrating and my brother called me and he was like, I need to go. I need to go in. And I was like, do you want me to fly tomorrow? And he said, yes. And I put down the phone, booked the flight. Like, you know, and it's like, I, I don't know. You, I'm a great crisis person. Like I'm a good person to have when shit is absolutely hitting the fan. The day to day, it's not my strong suit. Okay. I, That's I, okay. I feel, I I feel it. That. I feel, I feel that. it. And I think... It's important to be there in those moments. And that's yeah. when people really need you and you come through and and that you know that about yourself is unbelievable. Are and you I guys like talk on the phone all day, people? Like when you're like doing your errands and like, okay, I'll call you. And then you're just at TJ Maxx being like, go, 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 go. This like, one is. I am. Yeah. This one is. I find yes. that harder. Yeah. I'm more I do, of a like, Well, I do because that's how I check in on people. I, I, you know, I over multitask and that's probably why I don't do anything 100% anymore, <laughs> yeah. which is which is a disaster. But, um, you know, I, I'm that's how I check in on people because yeah. that's how I ease my guilt. Right. Y you know, Boom. Which, right. Yeah. The, the the guilt. This was unbelievable. I, I ask just ask you a quick question. Yes. What star sign are you? I'm an Aquarius and an Enneagram three. Ooh. I don't know if you guys do Enneagram ever. That might be an interesting no, podcast I wanna, episode. I want to learn And have you that. been in a lot of therapy? Tons. Oh. That's why you're so self-aware. Yeah, and so you're, much and you're, therapy, and you're you're so great. Okay, we asked people three questions. Okay, and then we're gonna then let we're gonna let you wrap it up because okay. you've given us so many great. things. I love it. I always say my success is fifty percent delusion, fifty percent determination. Delusion, <laughs> delusion being a good thing. Yeah. What What are your percentages? What do you wrap um, up your percentages? My success is it the same? My success is also fifty percent delusion. And fifty percent evil genius. Oh, oh I, love I love that. I love evil genius. That's so good. <laughs> yes, I love good that. evil yeah. genius. Mm. Yeah. So we always ask people, what was the one defining moment in their career that was their like big girl panty moment where you were like, the shit is hitting the fan. I have to pull up my big girl panties, or it's over. A few years ago, I left. Uh, I was working for Entertainment Tonight, and I had been there for about a decade, and that was my family and that contract could not continue. And I really expected when I announced that that contract was over that like, ring, 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 everyone would be calling because I, you know, I'd had some success and I thought I'm just, someone else is going to want me. And it was like the most dead silence I've ever experienced in my life. And I was like, where are all the people who said I was great? They should be calling me now. <laughs> And so that is really where Superfan was born from. And so, you know, I'm a petty bitch at the same time, a nice person, but a petty bitch. And so you forgot to call me. So I called myself. I that love that. <laughs> if you don't show That's up good. for yourself, no one will show up for uh -huh. you. That's so true. 100%. That is so 100%. True. And because we say we're an entrepreneurial podcast. Yeah. What, and I like to give real advice. What's yeah. your most entrepreneur real advice 
for success, your most successful. But. I think you got to have like the, I always call it the Kelty kit, but like you got to have the kit ready to go because everyone has a good idea and everyone has a plan and you don't know when you're going to meet the person that can change your life. So if you don't have like your website, your social media going, your business plan, your manuscript, your clothing sample, like whatever you're trying to make, if it's not ready and sitting on your desk, ready to be pulled out to show that moment, then you're already too late. I I know so many people they are like, well, I want to do this thing. And then I'm like, okay, well, send me your deck, your kit, your social stats, your research or whatever. And they're like, okay, cool. Like I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. I'm like, you weren't ready because the time was now, you know? And I had this even happen with my husband. He just did a major world tour for one of his artists. And I obviously know a lot of dancers and I had written one of my dancer friends and I was like, hey, can you send me your choreography reel? Um, Cause he's looking for to switch it up. He wants someone new. And she's like, oh, it's not ready. You blew it. Yeah. yeah. You know you're what I mean? Going. Yeah. You're not yeah. going you're not on the going. tour. So it's yeah. like, it, you gotta be ready. It can't be, you're gonna get ready. It's you're ready at every moment and you're constantly updating that. Like my website, the minute I get a little bit more press or another good photo or whatever, like you just have to make time for that because people are searching you, Googling you, finding you at all times. And so it's like the minute that, you know, goes home, checks website immediately. (laughs) No, but it's like, you know, here's the thing. You don't know who's talking about you. So, you know, there might be a conversation across town in some branding agency being like, wow, we really want to get into doing live events with female podcasts. Let's make a short list of like who those podcasts should be. And of course, they're going to go to call her daddy and they're not going to be able to afford that. So then they're going to go like, who should it be? And they're going to be looking for it. So like you got to make sure it's like it's the stuff when people are not you're not even actively pitching. Like, is your shit ready? You know, like, does it outwardly look fantastic to anyone that could hire you? Yeah. So that's, that's fantastic that's, advice. That is. Get your shit ready, people. Be ready. Yeah. Get, Be just ready. Shit together. Yeah. Get, You're like, get, oh, my God, I would love. I'm so excited to hear about this business. I will. When I get home tonight, I'm going to send you my deck. Great. And it's like, it's there. Our deck's ready. Our deck is good. That's one thing. Our deck is always Our deck ready. Is hey! always ready. Deck on point. Well, Kelsey. I was so. This was well, the now best. Well, now we're friends forever. Friends oh, forever. I, I mean, we cried together. We oh, are, I know everything. I, I just am so I jealous so of both good. of your beauty. Honestly. Oh my god! You're, you're, oh my god! You are so gorgeous. gorgeous. Look how gorgeous you are. I feel like. Oh my god! I no, feel like, you guys are so beautiful. Oh, I've just so wanted light eyes my so whole life. Gorgeous. Oh, I love butthole eyes. Anyway, we're not going to end on a negative. I mean, and everybody watch Superfan. Superfan on Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights at nine p.m. And tell everybody on CBS. Tell everybody where they could find you. Follow you. I'm just I mean, at you're Kelty. everywhere. I'm at Kelty. At Kelty leads all roads lead to at Kelty on Instagram. Okay. I Amazing. Thank you Thank so much. Congrats. Congrats. My Thanks. favorite episode, Woo! I think, ever. 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 Yay. Yay. Thanks for listening. And if you love the podcast, don't forget to leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Follow me at the real Margaret Josephs. And me at the life of Mrs. B. And the podcast at Caviar Dreams Tuna Fish Budget. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. Keep Keep dreaming, dreaming, Caviar Dreamers. Dreamers.